I'm not entirely sure, but I heard this story one time that there were some people that flew a drone over a city with water and were pouring it on people. I think they called it holy water because they were trying to baptize and save people. <laughs> it's an interesting story. Again, I think I heard that. Forgive me if I'm just dreaming. <laughs> but the question I ask you today is, who is baptism for? Should we just go out and with squirt guns and spray random people down whether they believe or not and baptize them so they can be saved? Should we baptize our infants the moment they're born so they can be saved? So I want to do a quick study here and just really answer that question, who baptism is for, utilizing scripture. If you're somebody that believes in one of the things I've said, baptizing infants or baptizing non-believers or whatever the case may be, uh, let's just listen to scripture and let's just go back to the basics of baptism. So who is baptism for? Number one, in order to be baptized, you have to be somebody that can be taught taught to be a disciple of Christ. We look at Matthew chapter 28 verses 19 through 20, which is the Great Commission. Uh, Christ tells us to go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So a disciple is somebody that will follow and obey Christ, right? Somebody that will resemble Christ and be like Christ. So if they don't believe in Christ or if they're an infant, can they really be a disciple of Jesus? I mean, if they don't believe, they're obviously not going to live a life that resembles Jesus, nor do they at least want to. And an infant, obviously, I'm looking at my three months old son right now, and I don't think he really knows how to really eat or sleep or go potty on his own, let alone be a disciple of Jesus. And so does he need to be baptized? Well, if he can't be a disciple, then it really wouldn't make any sense. So part of being a disciple is uh, being taught the importance of being baptized. You have to be a disciple in order to respond to baptism. You can't really just be baptized without being a disciple. Um, Christ's command is to baptize those who have been taught. So we're to make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You have to make disciples, somebody that have heard the word, believe the word, and know the word. Uh, they can't just randomly dunk in water without hearing the gospel and expect to be saved. Being a bad, uh, being a disciple, really, you got to hear the word and be taught. Um, the second thing is you have to believe the gospel. Again, if you just hit a a non-believer with a bucket of water or dunk an infant in water, they obviously don't believe the gospel. Again, my infant son here, I don't know what goes through his mind. It's probably milk, sleeping, and missing his mom when she's not here at work or, or you know, whatever may be going through an infant's mind. And a non-believer, obviously, they have no real desire at the time to uh, follow Christ. And so, in order to be baptized, you need to believe. In Mark chapter 16, uh, verse 16, Christ says, Believe and be baptized, and you'll be saved. It says, Believe and be baptized, and you'll be saved. One plus one equals two, right? Belief plus baptism equals salvation. If you don't believe, but you're baptized, are you going to get the same equation? In other words, zero plus one can't equal two, right? So, belief plus baptism equals salvation. It's just as important to believe the gospel as it is to be baptized. Though, as you've heard from my studies, I tend to focus so much energy on baptism. That doesn't take away from the fact that belief is just as important. Uh, the third thing is you have to repent of your sins. 
You have to be able to repent of your sins, I should say. In Acts chapter 2, verse 38, Peter says, Repent and be baptized. Obviously, in order to turn from your sins and your rejection of Christ, you have to be able to be conscious of that. A non-believer, obviously, uh, if they don't believe and they have no intention to believe, they're obviously not going to repent and believe and be baptized. Likewise, with an infant, again, my son here hasn't really done anything and doesn't really understand repentance. So if he can't repent and turn from his sins, he can't really be baptized. Plus, you know, he is an infant. I don't really know what sins he's done yet. Not, you know, obviously as mankind, we all need to be baptized and repent because we're all born in sin. But he's an innocent little child and so if he's not conscious of any sins nor has he really committed any then he can't really know to repent of said sins and be baptized so repentance again you have to be conscious of your sins cautious conscious of your sins uh fourth you have to arise on your own free will to be baptized in acts chapter 22 verse 16 why wait arise and be baptized you have to make that decision for yourself. Again, in the story I mentioned at the beginning where a drone flew over the city dropping, quote, holy water on people baptizing them, uh, you know, you have to be able to, you have to make that decision for yourself. Every example we have in scripture, people heard the word, they believed, they made the decision for themselves to respond to the word in baptism. If I run around with a squirt gun blasting people, that's not gonna do anything for them. They have to willingly respond to baptism according to their own free will, because God doesn't say in the Great Commission to go out there and drown people in the lake for the remission of their sins. He wants everybody to be able, with their own free will, to make that decision for themselves. Uh, and fifth, we have can't obey from the heart the form of teaching to make one free from sin. In Romans chapter 6, verse 17 through 18, and Romans 6, verse uh, 1 through 7, uh, you know, you have to really hear the word and obey from your own heart. Again, you can't really force people to believe because that's not really what God wants. He never meant for Christianity to be furthered with uh, violence and so on. And so you have to be able to obey from your heart. Again, a non-believer... If they aren't coming to faith in Christ, obviously non-believers are those that are, you know, we can save them, we're meant to, because at one point we were all non-believers and we were saved. But uh, somebody that has no desire to respond to the gospel, if they're not obeying from their heart, then nor do they have desire to, then obviously baptism isn't going to do anything for them. And same with my infant son here. Obviously, if he can't make that decision in his own mind and heart and obey with his heart the gospel then baptizing him is gonna do nothing to him because if i baptize my infant that would demonstrate my faith it wouldn't demonstrate his faith because well he's an infant i don't think faith is really in his mind right now it's probably just basic survival since his brain is still developing um and last that i have uh, can have guilty consciousness because of their sins, as mentioned in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 21. What's important is you have to, again, in order to repent of your sins, you need to be conscious of them. You need to be mindful of them. You have to know that you're in need of saving. You know, somebody that's unhealthy needs a physician. In other words, I like to think of it this way. A lot of people don't want to go to the doctor because they fear that, hey, if I go to the doctor and get a physical, a yearly physical, they might find something that's wrong with me and then I have a disease or something. But if I don't go to the doctor, 
what I don't know won't hurt me, right? You know, if I don't go, then I won't find out that I have an illness or something. And so in order to need a savior, you need to know that you need a savior. In order to have a healer, you need to know you're sick. In other words, in order for Jesus, the savior, and the healer to be beneficial to you, you need to know that you are in need of a savior and a healer. And so, again, somebody that rejects God and doesn't want to believe, they obviously aren't going to accept the fact that they need a healer or a savior because they simply don't know. And that's why we need to share the gospel, of course. And likewise with my infant son here, he doesn't know that he needs a savior and a healer. He has no idea of that. And so he wouldn't be able to respond to the gospel and be baptized because he simply doesn't know he needs to. He doesn't know he needs to turn from his sins and that he needs to respond. And so it's important, number one, that we share the gospel, obviously, so people can hear the word and know they need a savior so they can respond. But also baptism should never be forced on people that simply don't want to do it. We can preach about it all day long, and Lord willing, people come forward and respond to the gospel because it's a part of salvation. But at the end of the day, if people don't respond, you know, that's that's it. That's simply it. And we got to make sure that baptism, we baptize people that can really consciously make those decisions for themselves, not forcing people, not doing it to infants or whatever, because they simply cannot respond to the gospel. And so you need to be mindful of that to be baptized and we see that in the examples in acts that people heard the word they believed they repented they confessed they were baptized and they were all people that were knowledgeable enough to make that decision uh, for themselves after hearing the word of course they need to hear the words so they know they need to respond and how to do so so if you haven't responded to the gospel yet through belief and baptism, again, I invite you to do so today. But ultimately, if you have no faith and we haven't turned from uh, our rejection of God and truly accepted the gospel, baptism isn't going to do anything for you unless you truly believe and, of course, are making that decision for yourself and not just going through with it because your parents tell you to or your spouse is forcing you or, you know, whatever the case may be. So... Honestly, again, here I am preaching about baptism, even though I just said I probably wouldn't, but it's just so important to me, and it's important in the gospel too. So I really implore you to please respond to the gospel and be baptized, and make sure you don't force people to, of course, but encourage them so they can make that decision for themselves so their baptism will actually benefit them and mean something to them.